Jesus, as we know, uses these uh, metaphors, uh, agrarian metaphors, or, you know, uh, with crops and, and things, or, or even animal metaphors like, like today, uh, speaking of the sheep and the shepherd. And, of course, for the people of that time, it would have made perfect sense, and it wouldn't have just made sort of uh, sense on the surface, but they would have understood even, you know, the permutations filtering on down about all of, all of the metaphor uh, because it, it echoed with the way they lived, with their society. I've been told uh, many times before by people who are farmers or ranchers that uh, whenever I try to explain, you know, one of these types of gospels, they always say to me, yeah, Father, we can tell you're a city boy um, because I don't quite understand all of it all the way down. Um, the metaphors, that is. But I'll, I'll do the best that I can. What we understand about shepherds and their flock is that the shepherd will sing, will call out to his flock, will, will talk to his flock, his sheep, and they learn his voice. They, they learn to hear his voice, the sound of his voice, and then they'll follow him uh, by listening to his voice. Uh, in fact, you can have uh, two shepherds come together with their flocks, and as the shepherds speak to one another, the flocks will intermingle, you know, um, and then when each shepherd goes on his way, they'll, they'll call out to their sheep, and all of them, you know, kind of get in line, as it were, and follow their shepherd. They know the voice of their shepherd. They trust the shepherd, because they know that their shepherd cares for them. Uh, they know that their shepherd provides for them. They know that they are safe with their shepherd. And so this is what the Lord is pointing out first for himself, right? And the relationship that his people are to have with him, that he is the good shepherd. Um, he's also making a contrast pointing out a contrast, this is where we hear in the gospel that, you know, the Pharisees didn't realize what he was trying to tell them. He was basically trying to tell them that they were thieves and robbers because they had been abusing the flock, right? And the, the, the people knew that the Pharisees were, were really all about themselves. You know, here you have, and this happens throughout the history of the church, you have uh, priests and, and bishops who become very, very rigorous with the application of the faith, and they, they use the faith as a sort of battering rod or ram uh, to beat down their flock. Um, the, the church throughout her history has always struggled with this dichotomy between rigorism and laxism and has always sought to have a middle way. But you, you can always tell a, a church where the shepherd is a thief and a robber. Number one, it's usually kind of empty. Number two... Uh, the people seem to react to Jesus out of fear and guilt as opposed to out of love and relationship. And this is, this is how the Pharisees presented Judaism at that time. It was all about rigorism and perfectionism. You better do this or else. And so the people were caught up in this relationship with the religious leaders that was solely about trying to please those leaders and also 
was motivated by fear or obligation or these lesser motivations. But this is not the relationship that Jesus desires for us to have with him. And it's a failure, you know, it'd be a failure of me, I, I would consider it a failure of, for, for me to present the Lord Jesus and present the faith in such a way that motivated people merely out of fear or obligation as opposed to freedom and love, those being virtues, the others not. And so the Lord is trying to get through to his disciples and to his people that if they would just listen to his voice, that they would be free, that they would be protected, that they would be cared for, that they would be provided for. The sheep, you know, of course we're not sheep, it's a metaphor, but the sheep learned that very early on and trusted, as it were, very quickly their shepherd. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing, and this is something that I'd like everyone to just sort of evaluate, um, do I listen for Jesus' voice? I mean, am I even trying to listen for his voice? Am, am I disposing myself in my every day to listen to what God may be trying to tell me? Am I even open in such a fashion? That's, that's the first thing, right? I mean, the sheep are obviously open because they need. And they don't know they need because they don't know their own existence as such. The problem with human beings is that oftentimes it takes us a, a long time to get to the point where we realize that we need someone outside of ourselves, you know, because we try to do it on our own. Or, or maybe we, we try to fulfill our needs merely through another human relationship. And so we are not disposed naturally, as it were, to understanding our need for God. Now, one might argue with that. One might say, well, well I think that that is inherent in, in, in human beings. But, but I think what happens is that through secularism and through all of the many other things that get in the way throughout our lives, and this is exactly what Jesus talks about, that there's all kinds of things that can get in the way of just being disposed to listen to Jesus' voice. So, so that's the first thing. Let's evaluate that. Am I actually listening to Jesus' voice? Am I, am I actually in a disposition in my life where I'm asking the Lord, inviting him in to speak to me at all? That's the first thing. Now, this, the second thing would be when we're disposed, right, when we're open to hearing his voice, are we listening to his voice? So in those moments where the Lord is speaking to us, so we're, we're just kind of calming our lives, we're making a space for him in our lives, are we listening to what he has to say? Or are we disregarding it? You know, are we, are we, we hear the voice and then we, we kind of push it aside and say, man, I don't want to do that, not yet. So the next thing, first, is a willingness to hear and be open, and then there's a willingness to put into practice what the Lord is asking us to do. 
So when he speaks to us, are we actually willing to follow him? All of these different steps need to be sort of worked on, as it, as it were, throughout our lives. Listening, then we hear him, then we put into practice, then we do what he's calling us to do. The sheep would just do it naturally because of sort of a combination of instinct as well as, you know, relationship in the way that you can have it with, a, with an animal. What the Lord, of course, calls us to is something higher than that, right? That disposition and openness to not just follow a master, but to follow a beloved friend. That Jesus is going to take care of us. Jesus will provide for us. And that we can trust him when we hear his voice and when we follow, even if it doesn't make sense to us. Even if we don't know where he's leading, we can trust him. And so in these, in these difficult times, I mean, times are always kind of difficult if we think about it. We just have different difficulties in this moment. But we can be assured that if we listen to Christ's voice and we follow it, it doesn't matter what difficulty we are um, engaged in or encountering, the Lord will lead us to greener pastures, to fulfillment to freedom, to goodness, and to joy.